Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for listening to episode 250. This week we have DNA in Idaho, porn in Louisiana, the mule of the week, and maybe he'll, he'll go on for weeks. And it never goes away. Let's talk about January 6th. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy New Year. Great to be back. Yeah, so great to be back. Tell you what, I know you were cold down there. We were frozen up here. I hate the cold. I think everybody knows this now. I don't miss an opportunity to let everybody know how much I hate it, but I freaking hate the cold. So it was miserable. The only saving, the only, I mean, I, I like when it feels like Christmas when it's cold on Christmas. I don't like 70 degrees Christmases, but it was to the extreme. I was not a fan. Yeah. Anybody around my area that actually looked well put together when it's eight degrees outside is not from Georgia. Because we don't have enough warm clothes to coordinate. I, mean, I, I, I looked like a bum walking around outside. Just whatever's warm, put it on. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. Whatever, like survival, I don't care. But I just, it's not fun. It's not fun to be in the cold. I would be miserable and more of a recluse than I already am if I lived in the up north. Well, that's what I said about people. I was getting people calling me five o'clock Christmas morning saying it was 65 in the house. I said, well, you know, it's eight degrees outside. Yeah. Your house isn't built to do 72 degrees when it's eight. It's just not. Uh, Hartsfield had pipes bursting. I mean, plumbers are have been making a killing to start their start their year off or end their year because we're, we're even letting letting stuff uh, faucets drip. I mean, it's it 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 was colder colder for a longer period of time than I can remember up here. Yeah, I mean, I have a heat pump, not an HVAC like a traditional HVAC like a lot of people up there do, and it never stopped running for those four days like I feel like when it finally got when it finally got over 40 outside and the house kind of like stabilized and the sun was out I think my unit was like whoo thank you lord we can breathe wait to get your electric bill oh I know I'm dreading it because I you know my you can log in and see your usage and it's like unprecedented I'm dreading it uh, you know, you know. I one imagine where you would have been when you were still having trouble with that with that thing with the the uh, strips not being hooked up. Oh yeah, the backup strips. The dogs and, you, and you I were, you were struggling been- at thirty. I mean, it was. It. I mean, I, I guess Statesboro got dadgum cold too. Yeah, we were in the teens, but not like you guys. I don't know if there are people from up north who are like, where they're like, ah, you guys don't know what cold is. You're right. We live in the south. We picked this because we don't want to know what the cold is. I like wearing flip-flops in December. Yeah. So, uh, in the Georgia House 7 race, there's a runoff coming. We'll talk more about it in coming weeks. But uh, Sherry Ralston, or Cherie, uh, I like Cherie because I like the song, Me, uh, My Cherie Amore. Um mm-hmm. 
is running against Johnny Chastain. He's a, a executive type for I think United Community Bank, and and the the problem. Now we had an interview with one of the candidates that audio got, was corrupted on, and we did not we did not run it. The audio the audio was not good enough. And I can imagine people listening right now going, how crappy does audio have to be for you guys not to put it on? Huh. Huh. But <clears throat> there wasn't a whole lot of, of sunlight between between most of the candidates. The All of them say a pro-Second Amendment. All of them say right to life. All of them, the, the, <clears throat> all the, the major uh, planks of their platform were essentially the same. Uh, even down to wanting to carry on Ralston's uh, mental health stuff. And then one of so, them says, I'm Ralston's wife. Right. Right. And she polled, I think, 45-ish percent to 39. And, and, and the rest were 6, 7, you know, 2% on one of them. <clears throat> but it's going to be interesting because it almost looks like an incumbent race where you may get the opposition to coalesce behind behind uh, uh, Chastain, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Plus, this is going to be the, I mean, fifth time they've had to vote in twelve months. I'd be surprised if they got a thousand people. Turnout is going to be everything, and I think that uh, Ralston does have the advantage on 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 the the political machine because she inherited one. No, that's that wasn't on it <clears throat> on the list of things, but, but it was on top of my head because we just yeah you know, we just got done with election season. We got one more last Tuesday of January, whatever it's thirtieth, thirty first. Yeah, but now we have all these special elections because Kemp has decided to make agency changes, which I think are important. But like you know, there was the special election on the third. Then there's one this coming Tuesday. Then there's another the following Tuesday, and then the runoff for the one from the third is on the thirtieth, and then. If any of these other ones for like Dean Burke or um, I forget the other one, but or the guy who had the felony drug arrest over in Bartow County or Barrow County, like if they have runoffs, then, you know, there's more like it's just. Oh, I so wish- when, there, yeah, when there's an open seat, you get you get a race that's going five wide. And you don't you typically don't see that against an incumbent unless unless there's a overwhelming feeling to get the incumbent out. <clears throat> so the we have DNA in Idaho, a horrific crime killing of of, uh, of co- young college students, you know, 20, 21 years old in uh, Moscow, Idaho. And one that uh, truly captured the nation very quickly because of the egregiousness of it and and the hotness of the girls that died. Dave, dude, it doesn't hurt. No, people definitely care more about what happens or why pretty people are killed. I mean, there's the same thing with missing women. Um, Yeah. That's the Uh, reality, but... It's the same reason that that Emily Ratajkowski, whatever her name is, just broke up with Pete Davidson's got, you know, tens of thousands of followers on, on, on social media. It's not because she's smart. It's not that she they're tuning in for for her insight on life, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, that's, but uh, you know the the fact that they were the, that the the three girls were were very attractive uh, doesn't hurt the and, and the fact it came around you know right during the holidays when political news starts slowing down. But anyway, 
They tracked him down through DNA. Partially. Mm-hmm. It sounds, and, I mean, obviously they kept a lot of the stuff very close to the vest as they should. And the families were super angry about that. But like the more that has come out, even since this guy was arrested, like I think their criticisms, I think, I don't think the police department did everything a hundred percent correctly, but most of us don't do everything a hundred percent correctly, but it's a, it's a they, small town in, in Idaho. I mean, how but they were very they critical. Like they weren't doing anything. And if you look, if you look at what's coming out about, you know, everything they had about this guy, like they were, they were, they were working the right. case and they have and, a and, crap and ton of got, evidence. Yeah. It's gotta be horribly frustrating keeping your mouth shut while the, the, the victim's families are out there calling you incompetent, lazy. Uh, <clears throat> they don't have any leads and, and, and it's got to, you know, and I know there were apologies from the, I think from, from one of the fathers who's especially uh, hard, who he, he went on several talk shows and our news programs and, and stuff, wearing out the, uh, the Idaho police. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. But it shows that they they were they were they were ducks on the pond. They, everything looked calm, and but underneath things were churning. Uh, you can, you can imagine how much DNA they had to sift through to find his, because the the whole place was covered in blood. Sure, it's it's my guess it was skin under fingernail because they said repeatedly on the news that a couple of victims fought back and his his white Hyundai. Well, but it has brought the conversation back to which private companies like 23andMe, um, Ancestry.com and all that, like which one of these companies um, work with police. And I I think it's hilarious that you know, all these companies are making statements and putting statements out to the media. And they're like, you know, we it's an opt in policy. Like you have to if you if you have this thing done, then you have to opt into having your information shared with police should they want that unless otherwise required by law, which all that means is that unless there is a subpoena, <laughs> which trumps everything, um, they're not going to give your information and don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that um, this guy shouldn't have been arrested and, and that the police shouldn't have used all of the tools that they have available to them. And I mean, gosh, th- like all of us, if it was anyone we knew or our family, we would want them to use all of the tools they legally have to use to capture the people responsible. But it still draws into question, like. Well, the, there was <clears throat> it was that, and of course, cell phone data, right? Lots the of geofencing that we've talked about, right? But you know, <clears throat> the evidence they had was was starting to be multi pronged. Uh, besides, besides the DNA, because I mean, look, I, I don't know how connected uh, this guy was to to the victims of. I've heard various reports that he was socially awkward, maybe an incel, which is uh, involuntarily celibate. Weird, weird dude. Weird. Uh, studying crim- uh, PhD in criminology. And yeah. Under experts on like serial killers. And I mean, that's usually who 
studies those types of things, but like it's just a very creepy thing that he was studying that. Well, he even did a questionnaire, which <clears throat> you do in your PhD studies with criminology. You go, you go to criminals, you go to prisons and you do questionnaires, but he was asking very specific questions about how'd you pick your victims and things like that, which all is helpful for criminology, obviously, is understanding how victims are selected. Uh, it's in hindsight that we look at it and go, yeah, this guy had a screw loose and he was looking to commit a crime or he was looking to prove how smart he is that he, he can get away with it. I don't know if, if they took the DNA to 23andMe or whatever, or if they submitted it to see who the family members were, see who pops up and just started an account with it. Well, and I mean, it like, Going back to the subpoena part, I mean, all they have to do is if they collect a DNA at the scene and they ruled out which ones with the girls and the boyfriend of the one girl and um, obviously other people who lived in the apartment. And so then they've narrowed it down. And obviously anyone who is not involved would willingly give samples um, to help them further rule things out. And then you're down to this one that you don't really know whose it is. And you send that to these DNA companies with a subpoena. Like, what are you... I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's, that, what? Well, it is, and what's interesting is the way they got to it was was not a straight line because this guy had not done one from what I read. It's the way he got to it. The way they got to it was to start going through these people's relatives that mm-hmm. in the they start cross referencing that 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 car. Sure. So it was. I mean, it was it was heavy lifting by the detectives on that one. Sure, because I don't think they had a ton of leaves on the leads on the on the front end of everything. But like what's fascinating to me about when you draw in these private companies is the chain of custody and the reliability. Obviously, you know, now that he's in custody and everything, they can. I mean, all they have to do is offer him a cup of water and they can get his DNA. Right. Like. I mean, there's, there's, it just changes the game completely if he has a toothbrush in his cell or all these other things. But like, it's not like a camera where you have to worry about the chain of custody or the integrity of the. It's just all fascinating how private DNA collections and connections. Um, well, it's also, <clears throat> we're, we, we give away our, our privacy. Now, somebody who is going for a PhD in criminology drove his own car and kept his own phone on while committing a crime. Right. Obviously, the criminology program at uh, Washington State or whatever it is that he was go that he was he was going to is not that good. If he didn't think about turning off location services, I'm not giving any anybody advice on how, on how to commit a crime, but I mean, you know, you've got a you've got a beacon in your pocket. Yeah, that's I, that's that's hitting off towers constantly. I was watching the uh, 48 hours or people investigates or something. I'm not sure on the Golden State Killer from the 70s and 80s out in obviously California. And, you know, he was a serial rapist and also murdered people. And he was an ex cop. And what was fascinating about it is that like even then, I mean, they didn't have the DNA technology or half the stuff that we have now but the way that his obsession with doing what he was doing and his desire for power and control like the way that that 
basically eroded and superseded everything he knows about the criminal justice system and what needs to be done to like protect himself that's probably part of what happened here was that his whatever he had going on and whatever controlled his mind um i don't know it's a fascinating it's a fascinating thing and the dna elements and like you said the way that we have given away so much stuff and essentially made it easier for law enforcement to do their jobs in some ways um yeah, until, until until you get analysis paralysis, you get so much data that you can't mm-hmm. you, there, it, that's, that's unusable, <clears throat> or something that you can't break down for a jury. That's true too. I mean, I was in a trial. Um, I can't remember what which case it was, but I remember it being um, difficult for them to break down like the gosh, I can't believe it's escaping me, but the the data that's behind like pictures and stuff on your phone, like the, what is that called? The, where it has like the time, the locations, if you don't turn all that stuff off and you send a picture to somebody and it has all that data behind it and they could retrieve it as well. Like it was hard to explain that to a jury, like why that means anything and how you can rely on that being reliable and, um, and true and correct and everything. It's just, yeah, uh, all all that stuff that makes makes cute pictures on social media and already fills the location in for you and all that stuff when when you're posting with with your friends at, at a at a nice restaurant or something, yeah, <clears throat> all that is also known as evidence for the prosecution. The people that have the the video going in their cars constantly. <clears throat> I mean, it, it works both ways. It, it, can, it certainly will exonerate you if. Uh, uh, if that's if those are the facts, but you're certainly giving uh, evidence to the, to the prosecution if you do happen to, to make a boo-boo. So, what a bunch of jerks. New law for IDs to get porn in Louisiana. I, you know, we hear all these, well, obviously, we are no strangers to the the porn haters because of Chris Severe and all of the the stuff that we've seen from that, but... Special forces, Chris here. <laughs> right, excuse me. But I think it's, um, I don't know. One, I'm like, how did we miss that this was like moving through the pipeline of the legislatures? Because I feel like this, I mean, I'm sure it was at the state news level, but really didn't get a ton of traction until it became law. I'm kind of shocked that it became law. Yeah, it says website containing uh, 33.3% or more of pornographic content are responsible for checking users' age. Okay, again, you're creating a a, a blacklist of, of people who, who watch porn. And, I, and we were just talking about all that information that's out there. I mean... Things that aren't any of our business. You have somebody running for for office in Louisiana, and someone gets a hold of, gets a hold of it and finds out. Oh, well, this is the type of porn he watches. Uh, not to mention, it's absolutely unenforceable, especially with VPNs. Yeah, I mean, between yeah, there's so many ways around it, and I, I under obviously. I go. I'm going to go back to the same argument that I say all the time when it comes to 
access to the internet and cell phones and apps and information that can be consumed digitally. And that is, at some point, it is just on the parent. And at some point, I mean, I'm I'm not a parent. And so I can't say like on the scale of one to 10, how upset I would be to find out that my preteen or teenage boy like I don't I don't know I don't know how I would feel about that however um it's not any different than everything else that's out there in the world that parents have to work to either keep their child from it completely or to explain the repercussions or the risks or how I mean whatever your belief system is on that like that's the the best I heard when I was a kid, was a parent that uh, found uh, a friend's stash, and yes, back then you had a stash of of, uh, of naked naked lady books mm-hmm. uh, that they sold at the gas station with the black cover on them. Yeah, <clears throat> even before the black in cover, the I remember plastic, the, right? I remember before before the plastic, you could shop at the airport for it. I mean, you could sit on an airplane and read Playboy. So, but anyway. Was the mother sat him down and said, this is normal for you. And, but understand, this is fantasy. This isn't real. Mm-hmm. Now, did we have access to the, the, to the uh, amount of porn that's out there now? Of course not. Uh, if, if you went on one of these porn sites and watched a video, back to back to back to back videos, you could never get through the the list, the, the, those that are those that are made. You could never get through them all before you died. And if you watched nothing but it. But wouldn't porn. you wouldn't you agree that to the extent that porn can be well, one, I think there's a difference between still images and even like things that are on that were on a VHS tape when that when those were the days or even DVDs and that kind of stuff. But like there I, I do understand the argument that things have become more in the in the era of sexual freedom and um, embracing whatever some people might see as deviancy or like it's not just your it's not just a man and a woman engaging in sexual relations anymore. That's not there there are far more elements that I don't think I think that has evolved. It has and I, I think that has evolved in some good and some bad things. One it normalizes some stuff that when the last time I was single you wouldn't even speak about in mixed company. Um but on on the on the positive side, I th- there 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 are couples that that consume it together. There, I mean, it's 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 fantasy. Is it healthy? It just depends. Is it healthy for a sixteen year old to watch some of the stuff that's out there and, and think that's normal? No, probably not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not not being qualified as a as a, a child psychologist, I I can't uh, say definitively. But I don't think it's I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy for. When, when people say they have a sex addiction, addiction, it's really a porn addiction, and people do get addicted to it because there are dopamines that are that are released. People get get addicted to it, and they do find themselves, you know, there are cases where it's just not healthy for them. 
Uh, I think Terry Crews, the actor, was talking about it. You know, he cut off porn completely from his life because it, because it was adversely affecting his relationship. And that's a grown man making a grown man decision. And then so people say, so what are children supposed to do? Children are supposed to be governed by their parents. And right. And at the end of the day, like as much as the argument is about, um, you know, the sinful aspect and the the mental health aspect and the fantasy, like all of these things, the reality is that it does come down to things that are free speech protected. And I like from that aspect. So I, I recently watched the documentary. I think it was I think it's still being produced because um, from as I got towards the end, it made it seem like there were more episodes coming out. But the, the, the lengthy limited series on Hugh Hefner and is fascinating because, I mean, I knew he was powerful and 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 obviously rich, but he had a lot more power than I think most people ever believed. And um, aside from all that, in some ways, I think that he was a maybe had some some demons and issues of his own. But parallel to that, he argued and fought and was successful in fighting for the free speech element of what he made a living off of. Um, whether you think that that's right or wrong, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that constitutionally he was correct. And I hope that there are challenges to that with... Um, with what's happening in Louisiana. And I, I don't know how this could, I don't know how I could withstand the, like the cons, like, do you not have a right to privacy in your own home? Like yeah, one would think, um, I, I feel like there is a privacy issue in having to, because porn is well, not illegal. The, it's just no, illegal it's for minors. Well, then you start. There's a there's going to be a, a a fuzzy area, not not to make a double entendre. Oh God! When when it comes to OnlyFans, because is OnlyFans more than one third porn? There are a lot of there's a lot of content on OnlyFans that's not porn. That's that's not sexually related at all. It's cooking videos and things like that. I think because OnlyFans is cheaper to host that stuff, or you can get paid for it, so, uh, so something like that. So when you start talking about OnlyFans, is and, and what do you consider pornography when it says a thirty-three point point three percent? Is that all of? I mean, if a video is thirty-three point four percent plot. And and the the rest of it, the the other two thirds or just under two thirds, is is uh, uh, is is or two thirds plot and only one third of of seeing people go at it. I I don't know. I well, do. What know about that it, the aspect of regulating the internet on a state level? That again, problem. And again, it, you you're not going to make porn illegal. Uh, Almost everybody uses a VPN now. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what. And of course, they're putting the onerous on the the sites. And, and one of the sites in the story that you sent me was was Pornhub. Uh, 
Well, they always uh, get the. Yeah, they they also have done a done a lot with uh, uh with advertising. Uh, they did a video one time of uh, of a wife saying, "What are you watching? Nothing." It says Pornhub, the best, the most, the biggest supply of nothing quotes around it uh, on the internet. Um, even so much that people wear the T-shirts that that look like the logo and stuff like that. And and, and look, I I wish I was forward thinking enough and and uh, and all that to create Pornhub because whoever it is has has obviously done very well. But you also have content creators on on OnlyFans and places like that that uh, it's 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 their it's it's private. It's whatever they they want, and, and most of those people are behind a paywall. And that's so one of the porn stars interviewed for this. And I I don't know how big of a star you are in porn anymore. Uh, said that she would like it all behind a paywall, so at least you have to use a credit card. Well, of course, a star would. I mean, then she makes money. Right. Which I don't I know. Don't. I mean, if you want to pay for if you want to charge for, I'm not sure it's a service, but the product that you're producing, go for it. I mean, that's your if you want to pay for it, if a willing. It's a contract. That's how I see it. Um, yeah, that's and I've said that about about uh, OnlyFans for a long time. Somebody will will pay whatever to see some damn middle-aged mom get naked or whatever for the camera and like you know how much free porn there is out there yeah but then again i i, I don't know i, I you have to set your computer like my search filter is set to moderate to avoid the porn when you look for something mm-hmm I was looking for something for 1923, the the Yellowstone series, and there there was something that popped up with like vintage porn or something like that. I'm like, no, I was looking for the for the TV show. Thank you, though. Good to know that that porn existed before talkies. Oh my lord! Yeah, I I don't know the whole the whole concept is fascinating to me. Like the way that like even like OnlyFans and even on TikTok, like sending. Little bits of like lots of people sending two or three dollars for someone who's just talking and then these people making a living off of it. Like it's a fascinating concept to me, especially as I'm, you know, uh, spending hours trying to write intellectual articles that have like value and everything. And then these yeah, put a picture of your feet on there and you get a million damn hits. Yeah. And and they and people are sending them money for it, too. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. But um, that's not the worst I heard of what one of those articles said. It was paying somebody on OnlyFans to take a look at their uh, uh, a junk picture and judging it and telling them what they think of it. There is a Netflix Netflix documentary about the OnlyFans platform and the way that some people on it make money, how some of them just use it to make, you know, like a little bit of, it's a side hustle. And then some of them, so to speak, they, they make six figures and that is their sole form of income. And, you know, it's all, IRS friendly and all that jazz and literally they this girl I mean I'm sure there's plenty of them but men will send her money to open the pictures of their private parts and she responds and they pay her for like I I um I don't know I I 
I guarantee you she's never said ew. No. Because it's, it's going to be complimentary. Well, if you get any, any better angles, send me another $5 and I'll look at those. I mean, I, men are, are sad. Yeah. Men are sad. That's, I mean, that's a... That's a look for validation. That's just that's just pathetic. I, yeah, I, the, you know, I I don't understand the whole uh, pecker pick thing because I, I mean I I I've, you know having been involved for the last twenty years, it's not it's not a thing other than sending a joke to somebody. But I did never at no point when I was single was like, oh I've I've got I've got this one. Let me just go show her something. Oh, gee, I'm going to leave the bar with you because you're the first one to whip one out for me. But, speaking of jokes. Speaking of jokes. Well, this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Jessica, hey all time for the Mule of the Week. Yeah, uh, Kevin McCarthy just slammed Duncan right on into it. What is it? We're at the um, more failed ballots since any time since before the Civil War, which I love like all the Headlines are like post antebellum chaos and like all the Civil War references as if most of these political pundits know anything about the Civil War. And look, I'm, I'm of two minds on this. I agree with you. Of course, we talked before we record. That's embarrassing for the Republican Party. But I also, depending on the reason for those 20 holdouts... If those are people that when they got elected or when they were, they were running for office said, I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy. Well, they made a promise on, on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Or if they're they're holding on to their values and they say, look, I, he does not align with my values. This is, you know, I think one of the sticking points for some of the people is uh, term limits. I, I don't I don't think Congress is the way to get term limits done. I think a convention of the states is the only way it'll actually ever happen. Um, it's just the the reps up there are representative elects because they can't swear in without a speaker. And then you have Matt Getz, who's like accusing what's his name McCarthy of squatting in the speaker's office because he hadn't won elections. So he's like, how is he able to occupy the speaker's office? And he wants to talk to the what a, what a nitpicky. Thing to, I mean, it's one thing to notice it, but to actually come out in the press with, well, how does, why is he in the this speaker's chair or, or in the speaker's office? Well, you know what? If he loses, he'll have to move. Yeah. What's funny is one of the biggest faith and not faith and freedom, but uh, the Freedom Caucus people, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, my congresswoman, uh, endorsed McCarthy early on, and. and I am sure promises were made, like maybe moving her out of the broom closet uh, office that she's in and actually letting her on some committees so she could actually, you know, fight for her constituents. Pretend like she's relevant. I mean, they've made her irrelevant up there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a 
that's a pretty dadgum good punishment. Of course, I mean, not to me. You paid me $175,000 and, and I, I, I'm just going to hang out in the office. Okay. Right. Of course, you get the same, the same, uh, uh, the new reps complaining that 175000 a year isn't enough to afford an apartment in D.C. So maybe you live in Maryland and commute like everybody else does. It's just, um, I don't know. It, I don't think it's, I, I'm, I'm glad to see the dissension, of course. Like, I, I mean, I wish there was more real dissension, not just like the dog and pony show of Republicans against Democrats that we see. I think that McCarthy needs to step aside. I think what he's doing is impeding the rightful operations of Congress, although you made the comment like, well, what are they really going to do? I mean, I hear all that, but like, it's also embarrassing because like, what are you, what are you really doing? Like, is this how our government, is this where we are? Is this? Well, and at at what point, and we're recording uh, a, a time machine last Friday, um, so obviously we don't know what'll happen going into the, going into the evening after we record or over the weekend, but at a certain point, don't you go back to the caucus and say, okay, who would you vote for? You know, instead of throwing names out, like I can't remember who was against that nominated Trump for it. Just, just being a jackass. Uh, who would you vote for? And let's go, and, and let's start and let's start making deals on that, because the, the Democrats haven't haven't wavered. No, I mean they haven't they haven't had any fall off on their stuff. They're voting for their guy. Uh, what is it, Jeffries? Mm-hmm. What? But uh, uh, voting voting for their guy over and over and over, and the Republicans just just. Can't can't get can't get it uh, get them over the hump. So find someone who can. You know, I I don't know. So how long? I mean, how long you really think it'll go on? Like they're supposed to, like you said, as a recording, they're supposed to go on the um, what's it called? Twelfth ballot. Yeah. Uh I would think if it gets through the weekend, it, it, it would it would stop pretty soon because at a certain point, and the and what was wearing a lot of these these folks down is they all have family in town to see them get sworn in to get that p- picture with the speaker. That's on both sides of the aisle. Yeah, you you swear you do your official swearing in, and then uh, you get your picture uh, with the speaker in front in front of the in front of the the gavel and all that stuff and. Uh, you 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 have you bring your family in for that, uh, and a lot of these reps are, are going to start get start get irritable on personal stuff like having to come up there every day and sit in the gallery every day to do the same vote over and over and over and over, and it's a roll call vote, so the votes take forever. Yeah, it's not good. It's I, not good I, for. I, I, anything 
No, it's not. It's at a certain point, they're, they're just going to have to, someone's going to have to grow up and go, either McCarthy grew up and say, you know what, please withdraw my name. Or uh, there's going to have to be some folks that, that the, out of that 20, that, that I don't know what it was, 14 out of that 20, that say, you know what, all right, we've, we've made our protest known. Let's go ahead and throw our votes behind McCarthy. One or the other. It's going to be tough to explain to their constituents, though, like if that's the if they abandoned that on the first thing, you know, first week. Yeah, like that's that's ugly. I don't know. I mean, they're 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 all the stuff that they promised to do as far as defunding the eighty thousand new IRS agents can't happen until they have this one procedural vote. None of that can happen. And maybe, maybe that's the plan. Maybe they know they can't. Uh, they're not going to defund the, those IRS agents, or that it's uh, they can't. They not be able to get get that done in the budget, or not be able to get get that pulled and get the budget approved and be another stalemate. I don't know. So last Friday was uh, the two year anniversary of January sixth. Okay, in the aftermath of January sixth, twenty twenty one. Did you think that we would be where we are now, two years out, still talking about it the way that we are? No. It was a temper tantrum. It, they looked more like tourists than, than insurgents. Well... You had, you had a guy in a <coughs> buffalo headdress, for God's sakes. Yeah. I... Um, I have tried to look at it from both sides and, well, more than both sides, but, um, like, I've tried to, even if I don't agree with someone's position 100%, I've tried to see where they're coming from. And I I guess my biggest problem with the definition of, like, the treasonous coup and everything is how long it has taken to hold those people accountable if you think that that's what's necessary. Like, to me, if it was so egregious and so imperative to keep Trump from running again, like, you wouldn't try to drag it out until the next election. You would swiftly do X, Y, and Z in the interest of justice and in the interest of... um getting the intended result, which would would be to hold someone accountable, not to, even if it's like, let's just, if all day long they want to say that it's not political, it's very hard to make the argument that it's not when they're doing what they're doing. Well, when you see cities across the United States burn to the ground in protests, mostly peaceful protests as, as covered, uh, you've got police stations that were under siege and burned and people attacked no one the only people that 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 got killed on january 6th that you know was killed by by uh capitol police i think there was one heart attack that 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 they're suing over but you know the person shot that day was a a a chick from i think an air force veteran from california Mm -hmm. unarmed let me tell you something. You take that same protest where they're going, and you put it out in Ferguson, Missouri, and you shoot a, an unarmed woman that was protesting outside a police department. Uh, police department. 
the world would be on fire. Right. No, it's, um, I don't know. I, I, it was, it was poorly handled all the way around, but it was a temper tantrum. Nobody was, nobody was drug out in the street and hung. Nobody would not, nobody burned the uh, beat down doors at, at, at individual offices. None of the, none of the representatives were drug out, uh, and, and beat up. Uh, none, none of that happened. It was a temper tantrum. Do you think that Trump could have done more to tone it down or to encourage people not to do something? That's been one of the huge arguments is that he... By January 6th, no. Yeah. The previous I, the previous couple of years, yes. I agree. It, I, hell, I do agree the, with that. I don't... I mean, because when, when things did start escalating, he did say, like, they're on our side. Don't do this. Blah, blah, like, please, you know keep it peaceful like he did do that and there there has been a huge denial that 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 did occur it might by a lot of people i'm sure by the people who hate him by their arguments it was too late um and that may be true you know like the ball might have been tumbling down the hill that but he did do Look, that in the, in the time leading up to it once the election was certified by the states what what does a, a a gracious person do? He says, uh, "I say I don't I don't like the election results. They're, uh, but they've been certified, and I'm going to do everything within my power to to facilitate this this uh, transfer of power and handle it like you have uh, just a tiny bit of class." And people were mad. I was mad. I was mad that I went to bed at two o'clock in the morning with. Uh, with everybody saying it's it's all but over, folks. Trump has won re-election. To wake up the next morning, and go it's all but over, folks. Looks like Joe Biden's defeated Trump. Mm-hmm. I I in the six hours that that I was asleep or what, whatever it was, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe what happened. But Trump could have been the, a statesman at that point, and he was not. And yes, did he st- stoke those uh, 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 starting in starting in November? Yes. Is he? Does that make him criminally liable for somebody else's actions? No, it wasn't conspiracy. He wasn't sitting in the Oval Office going, "All right, what we're going to have is we're going to have these people here. They're going to run into the Capitol after the protest." That's that's that. Did, not that I've seen evidence say that 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 ever happened. So there's a a big difference between making inflammatory statements and compelling people to act in an inflammatory way. Right. Do you think that, so you said you don't think that he's criminally responsible. Obviously, the news from Thursday was that there's a wrongful death lawsuit um, in the death of Brian Sicknick. Do you think Trump holds or bears responsibility civilly? No. Do I think there'll be a settlement? Yes. You do? Yeah. <sighs> Of course, Trump is the only person to to get a hooker to pay him for sex. Mm-hmm. You would, you would. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. happened. So, with with that sort of history, does he ride it all the way out? Maybe he does. But if if we know anything about how the the courts grind through, this lawsuit would still be active when he's campaigning for president. 
and nobody wants that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure opponents do, but nobody wants that. It, it, it make it go away quietly. Give them, give them money that's not out of the campaign account. And make it go away. Mm-hmm. But now that the GOP is sort of in control of the House and investigations, they they want they want the the documents turned over. You know what? Because there's tons of documents that are sealed. I'm like, well, let's see them. Make it public. Let the public see if there's a, if there's anything there. Yeah, I just the civil you know civil cases they're so unique. Um, because the standard is lower, obviously it's like a preponderance of evidence. If they're just inclined to think that if, if the people, if the jury thinks that, you know, he might've had a, a role or a part of a role or whatever in, in it, then, then that's that, you know? Um, and it's not supposed to be discussed at, at in a tr- civil trial, but the defendant's ability to pay comes in. Right. It, well, it, and how can you does. ignore that? Yeah, I mean, it just does. If uh, somebody's suing a huge trucking firm for for being run over, people know if if they're going in. It's a big trucking firm that that's big insurance policies, and and they can afford it. Versus trying to sue me for a couple million dollars and be like, huh, huh, good luck. Sure. Um. So I. I Going in with Trump as a defendant, just on sheer odds alone, at least four people in that jury are not going to like him. And then you have a couple people in the jury that that are indifferent, and you, then you'll have some people that are that absolutely love him. Yeah, just I just th- going on odds. I think what's so fascinating. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. I've talked about it with people. Privately, and I feel like we've talked about it outside of the show for sure. But what's going to be super interesting is whether or not, or not whether or not, but how all of this ends up reading in history books someday, just from the standpoint that we, I mean, there are at least three different versions of how people see what happened, um, not just through Trump's presidency, but very much through the election from November 2020 to January 2021. I mean, the the versions of events and and everyone thinks their version is right or that they have like the the objective analysis. But I'm not sure that there have been times in history where it's been so. At least not in the United States where. Um, it, there's been so much dissension about what actually happened and the you know the joke is always like the one who wins gets to tell the story but that's different in the age of the internet and um well social media for sure yeah like it's just different that's that's not the case anymore and so i mean how will all of this be told how do you tell this i'm not even sure um other than to say, like in a history book, these people believed this, these people believed that, and these people believed a third position, and then everyone else was just kind of like, you know, swinging from the branches. Well, 
I the the quote here for the the lawsuit is is laughable. Quote as Officer Sicknick and hundreds of others, including other police officers, elected officials, and rank and file workers of the Capitol, were put in mortal danger and watched the events unfold on live television. And that's kind of kind of put together with the quote, in mortal danger. Mm-hmm. First of all, if that was if that was the lawsuit, it would be against the Capitol Police for not having a, the proper presence at a protest. Uh, yeah, but to say they're the the reps put more no they were not put in mortal danger it was a temper tantrum was it scary for some of them I'm sure it was if you see somebody in a buffalo headdress coming at you right. especially since uh, Congress people can't carry a pistol on them but yeah I mean you see a guy uh, shirtless in January in in uh, Washington D C coming at you with with buffalo headdress looking crazy yeah it, it might scare the doo doo out of you does it mean you were actually in mortal danger no. No. It they held up the confirmation or, or the certification for a couple hours. Everything was restored. It, it was not. It was not a coup. Well, my question honestly, all along has been like, okay, let's say that that's you know that is your position, and that and that is what you believe. They then then what like then. Then what is your? Then drop it. Right. Like, what do you what do you want to be the next step? Because drop it. Have have better uh, uh, do a, a after action review and say you know what next time we have a, a a protest here we're going to give the permits for over here or we're going to have uh, better barricades or whatever and have something go- <coughs> excuse me going forward. But legally, no, these people were not, they were not committing treason. It's, it's just they weren't committing treason. You can, you can like the protest. You could not like the protest. You could think they would, uh, uh, you liked it at first, they went, went uh, out of hand. That's all true. Or that, that could all be true. But just to say that these individual actors were guilty of, of trying to overthrow the government is just not true. What about, um, I don't know that we don't have a ton of time left, but what about Biden awarding the 12 presidential citizen medals to two, two, including two election workers from Fulton County? That's what, like, what? I don't uh, know. Uh, whatever. Uh, it's, 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 it's his, it's his prerogative. To, to hand those out. Uh, uh, it's the same medal that Rush Limbaugh got, right? I believe so. And that was... That was sort of a goodbye to Rush. Besides a thank you for politically supporting Trump, but it was a, it was a goodbye to Rush. At that point, he was already sick. And, and look, I, I, I... Especially when I worked for the banks and stuff, I, I listened to a lot of Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck and other, other terrestrial uh, talk radio. Um, Biden but said, it's, 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 "It's his prerogative." But I, it's one of those things. I just, I, it doesn't it doesn't register for me. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, 
I mean, some of them are law enforcement officers from Capitol Police. And then obviously Brian Sicknick will received his receive his like um, in, in his honor for the role he played. Yeah, posthumously. Yeah, but so Shay Moss and her mother Ruby Freedom are the Freeman are the ones from Fulton County, and I love I love how CNN said the two women who are black, like what that has to do with anything, whatever. But gave emotional and poignant testimony to the House January sixth committee describing how their lives were turned upside down after the former former president and his allies publicly disparaged them as election fraud hustlers. Um, while I, I mean. We've talked um, about threats and stuff made against every, like, poll workers, um, staff at the Secretary of State's office, Brad Raffensperger, all, all those people. I think that if anybody was to re- receive those, I mean, if, if that's what it is about, like, standing up to, wh- why isn't he picking... Raffensperger and like Gabe Sterling and those people who arguably had the same values but are just white men. You know, their lives were turned upside down. Hardly. After the former president and his allies publicly disparaged them as a rec- election fraud hustlers. I mean, poor Brian Kemp was freaking drugged through the mud by Donald Trump. Where's his medal? If that's what this is about. You think Kemp would even accept it? Well, I wouldn't. But Uh, you you know know where I'm going with this. I mean, I I understand. Yeah. Trump, when when he was angry, he went he he took a very wide swath to go after people. Uh, He was he was mad at everybody. I don't know what Raffensperger could have done by the time election got, got there. Uh, We've 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 discussed before. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff Raffensperger could have done before that. But wanting them not to certify it and and stuff like that, and him just being mad that that these governors and these secretaries of state followed the constitution and their state constitutions, and they did what they were obligated to do, because <clears throat> you know you t- you take an oath when you take that office, and regardless of the politics, everybody tries or should try to to to. Fulfill that oath, you know, especially something as big as a presidential election. But him calling out Fulton County elections, I mean, it's several elections that Fulton County, you know, you go to sleep and then all of a sudden they're pulling ballots out of the trunk. You know, that's we know this. But whatever, if that if that makes. If that makes uh, uh, Biden feel good to, to, to give him a piece of metal, fine. Yeah, but I just think it's gross to um, give someone a medal because they got some threats. I mean, I'm sorry that happened. It didn't happen because you're black. It happened because people were unreasonable. Even if if their threats were racial, it doesn't matter. I I think the Presidential Medal of Freedom is is more of a lifetime achievement or you, you pulled a baby out of a burning car or something fantastic. Uh, It's the high, I believe it's the highest civilian award you can, you can, you can get. Yes. 
It is. It is the civilian equivalent of the Medal of Honor. Uh, whatever. Joe Biden's just trying to get some gimme stuff in front of the camera that he doesn't have to speak too much and, uh, you know, especially off the cuff. Especially when he reads things that are in, in uh, italics as a repeat line. Bless his heart. It but should anyway. be an interesting speech. Yeah. Woohoo. All right, Jessica, your closing thought? Well, as the show drops, the um, legislature in Georgia is reconvening, which is just awful, terrible, no good, just freaking terrible. Um, the, the 40 days, it takes three months. Yep. So that's going to be tough on everybody. But, you know, just pay attention. Don't let your guard down. Make their Tune lives in every fun. every week. Duh. We are the we are the uh, the the watchdogs. The there aren't many shows like the like what we do that are keeping an eye on on and tracking bills and and the sausage grinding that goes in to those bills. I've told plenty of people running for office that uh, you come up with an idea for a bill and it's beautiful. You think this is wonderful, and then it goes into the sausage grinder, and when it comes out, it's unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Might even be your own bill. Yeah, and your name's on it, and you're like, I didn't. What? I, that's all I said was I like puppies and babies, and all of a sudden you're you're sending a billion to Ukraine. How the hell did that work? Yeah. So with that happy, happy attitude go, going into session. <laughs> Well, thank you very much to Eric Cumbie, our editor, who makes this something somewhat listenable. To the brains of the operation, the boss, Jessica Salaji. I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week. Catch me howling at the moon